What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Box. And we have, by popular demand, back uh, Dr. Denise Sammons from Life, uh, shoot, gosh, so Sozo Life and Wellness. I apologize. <laughs> okay. You know, I, my words are jumbling. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you back. And today we're talking about a topic that has stumped a lot of people, mm-hmm. including myself, uh, and that's Lyme disease. Oh, and yeah. It is, it's, it's, something that affects so many people Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't even know it right um why don't you just kind of do an intro in terms of what is lyme disease yeah so so lyme is a very multifaceted disease and people think of lyme as having a tick bite and a bullseye rash and it goes much deeper than that in fact most of the people that i see have never had that tick bite they've never had that bullseye rash so you can actually contract lyme many different ways if someone has lyme and you kiss them you can contract lyme it's sexually transmitted you can get it from any biting or stinging insect you can get it if a mom has lyme and gives birth she passes it on to her baby and also through a blood transfusion wow many ways to contract lyme yes so is it like a it's an autoimmune disease it, no. No, it's a bacterial infection that. Okay. Yeah, it's a bacterial infection. So, so Borrelia, Borrelia burgdorferi. I'm just here. I'm so you're, you're <laughs> rushing off on me here, Ben. So um, that is the most common form of Lyme. That's the that's what the disease was actually named after. Um, so there are 41 strains of Borrelia. Okay. And if you go to a doctor, typically they're just going to tra- um, check you for the one strain. And if you te- test negative, then they're going to say, you know, you don't have Lyme. And I've seen that multiple times. So w- what are some symptoms? So say um, you don't know, something, if something's going on, I'm not sure what it is. Oh, what yeah. might be some things Boy, I'm feeling? It is the great imitator. Lyme is the great imitator. I have seen people come in with MS and it's Lyme. I've seen people come in with migraines and it's Lyme. I've seen people come in with autoimmune diagnosis and it's Lyme based from fibromyalgia. I mean, I can tell you so many diseases that it is, it is called the great imitator. Yes. So how do you test in the sense that, okay, symptoms look like, uh, just a, an autoimmune disease or, mm-hmm. or, or MS or whatever, how, what, what, what signals you, okay, this is Lyme? Well, I have had people in my practice that have come in with just a headache, and they didn't know what it was. And, you know, neurological disease, a lot of times neurological symptoms are Lyme-based because okay. they yeah. release neurotoxins into the body. And I had a gal come to me several years ago that had a severe headache and neurological symptoms. She'd had it for months. Her mom had had her to... 10 different specialties, specialty doctors in the uh, Tri-Cities. And she had taken her to three major hospitals, UVA, Vanderbilt, and I can't remember the other one. And nobody could figure out what was going on with her. And we energetically tested her. So I go through a process where we test for various pathogens in the body and toxins. And when I tested her uh, for bacteria, Lyme was a heavy stress in her body. The Borrelia bacteria was a heavy stress. So, so it's, a, it's a bacterial infection, and mm-hmm. the bacteria is Borrelia. Borrelia, and there's 41 strains. But there are often co-infections with Lyme, too, Ben, because that's what most of the time a lot of doctors will miss those. They'll just treat with an antibiotic and go after the bacteria. 
but um, there are many co-infections of Lyme. Bartonella is one. People with RA have Bartonella in their joints, and that is one of the co-infections of Lyme. What, what is a co-infection? Okay, so it's something that typically is paired up with the Lyme bacteria. So um, Bartonella is one. Um, Babesia is another. Um, and this is not one of the 41 strands mm-mm. of... No, it's a separate pathogen. It is a totally separate pathogen that's often paired with, with the Lyme. And so if you don't treat that, people don't get well. You know, yeah. yeah. So um, what we're what we're seeing again with joint pain, and I'm sure um, people who have had COVID and they've treated with ivermectin, and I've had them come in my office, and they're like, "Boy, those five days I was on ivermectin, you know, my joint pain stopped." And uh, I was like, well, that's probably because you've got some parasites in your joints. <laughs> yeah. And that targeted the parasite infection and it actually gave them relief for five days. But if you don't continue that on a um, cycling basis to kill the eggs and go through the life cycle of the pathogen, it's going to come back. So uh, when you say pathogen, mm-hmm. would, would is it a Lyme? A Lyme disease, is that pathogen? That's a bacteria. So yeah. that's so not got, a pathogen. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, it is. It's a pathogen. So you, you think about four pathogens. You have um, the largest pathogen in the body would be a parasite. And everybody thinks, oh, a tapeworm or a liver fluke. Well, parasites are not always worms. I mean, you can have a round worm, but most parasites are microscopic. Yeah. So you can have something small like a giardia that, you know, and still even something microscopic in the form of a parasite is the largest pathogen in the body. And then okay. the next size down is going to be like a uh, fungal fungal infections and then right underneath that is bacteria and then underneath that is a virus the virus is the smallest so when you're dealing with someone who has Lyme or any patient for for example with any kind of infection you always want to target the largest pathogen first because they will house the smaller pathogens Okay, so when we're dealing with a Lyme patient, we always start with a parasite cleanse. Now, sometimes I will actually start by knocking the fungal load down in the body because a fungus um, or a fungal infection will produce mycotoxins, and those are chemicals that really suppress the immune system. So if that is the highest stress in their body, we have to knock that down to give the immune system a break, bind up those mycotoxins, and then we'll start working on the parasites. And when we do antiparasitics, and the parasites start dying, they release toxins back into the blood. So they're going to be releasing metals, heavy metals. Parasites can bind. Because you're killing the parasite. Yeah, because they bind up to seven to eight times their body weight in heavy metal. And so when they die, everything they've been eating, your blood becomes the toilet. So all of that just dumps back out into the blood. So you have to make sure you give binders to people when you do a parasite cleanse, you know, metal binders and also things to help their liver, their lymphatics and their kidneys to push this stuff out because people get really sick and they feel bad. They'll get a Herxheimer response, which is more die off then the liver and the kidneys can push out of their body. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's a lot there, folks. Yeah. Uh, that's a mouthful, <laughs> didn't I? So a parasite cleanse, yes. uh, that's when you, you would put somebody cyclically on some sort of anti-parasite. Sure. We usually, um, you know, when we test again, they may have worms and they also may have um, um, protozoal parasites. So we have different herbs, again, that target certain uh, pathogens in the body. So we, again, we gener- energetically test them to see which herbs work best for them. And we'll generally pair two to three, sometimes four, depending on what they're dealing with, four herbs. And we cycle that five days on two days off and we do that for four weeks now after we complete that cycle we also do what's called a full moon right now while we're filming today is the first day of what I would call a full moon cycle a full moon occurs every month 
So two days before that full moon, the pathogens start to come out and replicate. And during that five-day process, so two days before, the day of, and two days after becomes a full moon cycle. So after we complete the four-week parasite cleanse, then we have people continue for four months doing what we call a full moon cycle of antiparasitics because they go into hiding. They love the joints. They love scar tissue. Um, they will go into hiding and then they come out at the full moon and I tell people they come out and party. That's why people have symptoms at a full moon. Oftentimes fibromyalgia and people with autoimmune, they say, you know, their symptoms flare and I'll say notice if it happens around a full moon or we get calls in our office when we're working with people and they're like, oh my goodness, I've got the worst brain fog right now, or I've got the most pain, or my head's hurting, and I'm like, it's a, you know, remind them that it's a full moon, and they're in that full moon cycle, and things are replicating, and that's a great time to go back in and try to, you know, mop up what didn't get killed the first round, so we will continue to do those full moon cycles to kind of clean things up. And how long would it take to completely wipe out the parasite? It varies from person to person. I had a gal years, uh, a few years ago from uh, North Carolina that came off the mission field and she was so sick and she had been diagnosed with MS and this is a perfect example of someone that had Lyme and she had a horrible parasite infection and what was interesting is this girl came in with a stack of paperwork this tall and she'd been to an integrative doctor over in Asheville they'd done a lot of testing on her and when I went through my energetic testing and I you know shared with her what I found and I said we're going to start with a parasite cleanse oh no I don't have parasites I did my stool test look it's all negative and she's flipping through it and I said you know, you're energetically testing for parasites. You've got some worms. You've got some other things going on. I said, just humor, humor me with this and let's do a parasite cleanse. And let's start with this. So two weeks into the cleanse, she was emailing our office. And she's like, I'm dumping worms in the toilet. And, you know, she was actually happy because this gal could not gain weight. She was tiny. She had had problems gaining weight for quite a while. And, you know, the worms were basically eating her lunch. And so, you know... We continue to have her do full moon cycles. Four months after the initial cleanse, she was still dumping worms. That's how heavily infested she was. Now, not everybody has worms that they pass, but this gal did. But the cool thing about it is her, her weight started to come up. And so she sent me a picture of her scales one morning. And she <laughs> said, I haven't weighed this since college. So that was cool. That is wild. Yeah. It, it seems like so much of, specifically with Lyme disease, has to do with knowing what to look at first. Yeah. And and what you're saying is you, you like to start with the parasite. You have to start with the biggest pathogen because if you don't... And the parasites are always the biggest? They are always the biggest. Even okay. the microscopic are still the largest pathogen in the body. And if you don't start with that and you try to clean up another pathogen, you may have some of those bacteria or those viruses living inside the parasite. And then say you wipe everything else out in the blood, well, they can come back out and infect the body. So you want to start with the biggest one and you want to go down the ranks, basically. Now, when we do uh, a parasite cleanse, um, and I know that there's another pathogen involved or other pathogens, I have to give some low dose of those antibacterials or antivirals because that's going to be released into the body. And that can actually make people sick. Right. Yeah. So you got to so, cover that because the way I picture in my head is, you basically, they're like the parasite is like this big Might ball, be like a house. Yeah, and basically. And you're basically shooting that and, it, and then it bursts. Mm -hmm. And then everything inside of the ball is released into your yes, system. exactly. And that other stuff could be, you know, 
bacteria, you know. There are other, there are other pathogens. Other yeah, there are other pathogens that are smaller in size that are released out into the body, but also the toxins that that pathogen has been eating. So heavy metals and just the things that, that they like to live. So you're just going to feel terrible. Yeah, you can. You can, but you don't have to. And if you work with a practitioner that is trained in that, they're going to give you things to help support those detox responses that we call a Herxheimer response. Now, I also test people energetically to see how they're methylating, the methylation pathways, because a lot of people have that gene mutation. And that means they can't push toxins out of their body that well. So we want to give what we call a methylation support product. And then we also, during that process, give metal binders. And we also use proteolytic enzymes where we give those on an empty stomach because when uh, parasites die, they release fibrin into the blood. And that fibrin can actually thicken the blood. Okay, so we want to we want to go in. Think of a uh, proteolytic enzyme as a Pac-Man, a Pac-Man for the blood. So it's going to go in and it's going to gobble up fibrin and non-living tissue. It can clean out the arteries of plaque. It has a lot of different functions. So that would be good for lots of different things. Oh yeah. So it seems to me like if if you were to treat treat the Lyme, start the 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 parasite cleanse. Mm-hmm. You could clean up a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, you can. You yeah, know, definitely. And, and someone who's been used to feeling bad for so long, you know, could like turn around real fast. Oh, yeah. We see that all the time. I've got some really neat testimonies here uh, in this the last little bit about people that have turned around from 20-year fibromyalgia, you know, in four weeks doing a parasite cleanse. I've got a lady I'm working with down in South Carolina diagnosed with Epstein-Barr, encytomegalovirus, and she'd been treated with ozone and all kinds of things, still hadn't gotten better, came to me. And I could tell when I energetically tested her that parasites were the heaviest strain on her immune system. And so we started with a parasite cleanse, and just doing that parasite cleanse turned her world around. It totally just, I mean, her energy levels came back. She was able to work. She, you know, I mean, it was just a life changer for her. Do you look at, like, do you look at at a Lyme patient as a Lyme patient or do you look at, at a Lyme patient as a, you know, basically like a parasite type situation. Well, we're always gonna, we're going to always test for parasites. And then the next thing we're going to target is a fungal infection and with with Lyme, with Lyme. Yeah. Any, any, anybody that walks in my office, no matter what their diagnosis, they could come in with RA, they could come in with fibromyalgia, they could come in with MS. I don't care what the diagnosis, because in my mind, a diagnosis is what they have been given because they have a collection of symptoms and that's the name they've been given i'm not really my my concern is what pathogens are in your body what toxins are in your body that cause those pathogens to want to hang out there and even more than that what was the emotional trigger that drew the toxins to that area of the body that drew the pathogens there that caused the disease process to start to begin with so we're going to do all of those things yeah well it makes so much sense because it seems to me like nowadays it's like kind of uh, a little cliche for somebody to diagnose somebody with Lyme disease. It's like if they can't figure it out, you got Lyme. Yeah. Does that make sense? That is. It's almost like the old fibromyalgia. Well, it is. And, you know, fibro is a lot of fibro I've seen is Lyme and some of it is actually a viral infection as well. So you've got to know, but, you know, again, a fibro patient that was in my office, you know, four weeks ago, 16 months post-COVID long haulers and we did a parasite cleanse on her and it changed her world as well most of her pain went away just doing the parasite cleanse I mean it was amazing can you give us an example of what 
of what a parasite cleanse would be. Sure. I, I know you mentioned sure. you mentioned some of the stuff you're using, but yeah. just for so for, like how we would work through it. Yeah. yeah. So you would do um, a proteolytic enzyme to go in actually and dissolve fibrin in the blood that's released by the die off. You would use antiparasitics. You know, some of the more common ones would be like artemisinin. Um, we have a product collection by Systemic Formulas, which we use the CXVRM1, 2, and 3, and 4, and we energetically test for those. You can also use diatomaceous earth for the larger pathogens like worms. Um, you can, and Nutramedics has some great products, Anula, Mora, Kina. Um, those are all great herbs. Hatunia, Hatunia is great for Bartonella. Again, the joints, the joint pain. Cystus tea is another herb that is phenomenal. Um, anytime you're dealing with Bartonella, you also are going to see retroviruses in the body. And those are really hard to get out, but um, they're always paired together. I learned that at a Lyme conference years ago. So, um, you know, again, looking at the pathogen and then giving a metal binder because that metal getting released when those things die, we do not want that getting reabsorbed back in the body. We want to carry that out. We want to bind it up, carry it out. Um, we also want to support bile production in the body. So a lot of times people are not uh, producing enough bile, their liver's not functioning optimally, and we want to make sure they're producing enough bile because bile will bind up the fat-soluble toxins that need to go out of the body. So, uh, you know, again, a lot of things go back to the gut and digestion. We want to make sure people are having two to three bowel movements a day, and people are like, you know, I feel like I'm a rock star pooper if I'm going <laughs> once a day. And I'm like, uh, if you're eating three meals a day, we got to get that going a little more, <laughs> you know. So, you know, we'll give magnesium to kind of pull water to the colon and flush things out, make sure they're drinking plenty of water. That is key take half your body weight in ounces and that's the minimum number of ounces of water that you want to consume but anytime you're doing a cleanse you actually want to increase that water consumption because we're pushing things out right, right and then we also give support for the liver the lymphatics and the kidneys sometimes we use glutathione i use a liposomal form of glutathione and sometimes we use a product called berber by nutramedics which is liver lymphatic and kidney support and the other product that i really like because when you're dealing with pathogen die-off you also have neurotoxins that are released into the blood and you get the brain fog even sometimes with candida cleanses, you know, people are getting the brain fog from the candida, the acetaldehyde that comes off the candida. So we use the Pinella a lot for that. And sometimes we pair Berber Pinella, depending on what they test for and what their symptoms are. So that's really interesting. So it sounds to me like, you know, a lot of people who either have Lyme or suspect they, they might have Lyme, there's like a, a little bit of a lack of hope around that. Mm. And you know, what's your message to, to those people? Oh, there's always hope. There's always <laughs> hope for healing. You know, if you're willing to change your diet, make dietary changes, because when you're killing pathogens, you can't eat sugar. Sugar feeds pathogens. They okay. love sugar. They love heavy metal. And they love all the garbage and the toxins. So you've got to come off sugar. You've got to go to a low-carb diet because carbs turn to sugar. You've got to eliminate alcohol. Alcohol turns to sugar. So then you start with your diet, and then you start going through um, you know, again, with a parasite cleanse, it's five days on, two days off. You do that cycle. Then when we start a Lyme protocol, we actually work very slowly and titrate people up because if you go full dose with a Lyme patient, you're going to give them the most incredible Herxheimer response and they're going to get sick and they're never going to come back and they're going to hate you. Explain that to me. So, so Herxheimer? Well, 
you, you don't want to you don't want to go full dose. blown after everything. Okay. So, so you want to so, go. Kinda... So with a Lyme, yeah. So with a Lyme protocol, I mean, I literally have had patients have a Herx response with one drop of an herbal. So you know, again, we're going to energetically test a group of herbs that we have that work specifically on bacteria. Uh, two common ones that test well are Cat's Claw, which a company, Nutramedics, has a product called Cemento. And then I also use a product line called Research Nutritionals, which makes liposomal herbs. Some people test better for liposomes when they have gut dysbiosis, but also when they have the pathogens go to the brain. Because mm-hmm. you've got to find something that's going to cross the blood-brain barrier and get to those pathogens in the brain. That's really interesting. Yeah. So that so that would be the, the protocol, essentially. But with you know specific so so with lime we yeah we start with a low dose we start with a drop of each product usually they're about three tinctures that i i will have them you know work with and then we titrate up every time they take a dose so if they you know twice a day they're going to do this so each time they take a dose they go up one drop till they build to what we call a full dose and that's typically you know anywhere between 30 to 60 drops depending on the product that we're using so sometimes along the way they have a herxheimer response they get sick because they're there's too much die off. Their body can't get rid of it. So we have to slow down, back off. What would um, an example of like a Herx, Herx response look yeah. like? So nausea, severe fatigue, headache, um, you know, stomach cramps, um, brain fog. Oh, that's the biggest one people okay. are dealing with is brain fog. So okay. yeah, those, those, those sick feelings where there's more, there's more toxins than the liver and the kidneys can get rid of. And you feel sick because you're backed up. Okay, yeah. and you're, you're trying to avoid that, and to do right. that, you're, you're basically... We're supporting methylation pathways, okay. typically, and we're also using the Berber, which is the liver lymphatic kidney detox uh, a product, and then also glutathione works really well, too. Glutathione, and then we, if they have a Herxheimer response, I mean, we have them on a regimen of doing this product so many times a day, but if you have a Herx response, you just take extra doses like every 15 minutes until your body relieves because you're you're actually just supporting the kidneys and the liver and you're pushing that stuff out that's that's it's just yeah. fat, the whole, Lyme disease is a, is a yeah. fascinating thing mm-hmm. it's so misdiagnosed and yeah. you know obviously you know with what you're saying there's so many different strands of it yeah and there are 41 there are 41 strains of Borrelia yeah do, do you are most of the people that you're seeing with Lyme, do they know they have Lyme or? Most people don't. Some okay. people suspect it, but honestly, most people don't. I mean, I had a girl come in my office years ago and all she had was a low grade fever and she'd had it for several months and couldn't get rid of it. And her mom had had her again to a lot of doctors. We tested her, found it energetically. She took her doctor and she actually tested for Lyme, which is rare. But because I, I would like to say this for most people, if you go get a blood test, it's rare that it's going to come up positive because if it's been in your body any length of time at all it goes into a cyst form so basically that is just like um as my mentor who is a world-renowned Lyme doctor says it's like a ball of snot I mean that's not a very you know (laughs) that's not a great medical term but that's that's a good description of what it is and it goes into a cyst form and it can morph between that cyst form and then it can come back out now Lyme bacteria is what we call a spirochete so that's a spiral bacteria and those can actually drill into tissue and then they will cover with a biofilm and they hide so if you take a blood test it's not going to always show up in the blood especially if it's in a cyst form or if it's gone into tissue so you have to break that cyst down you have to break that biofilm down so whatever antimicrobial you're using can actually attack the Lyme bacteria 
even in an antibiotic, you know, the, the traditional medicine world would be wise to use these proteolytic enzymes to dissolve those biofilms and those cysts of the bacteria. Because when that bacteria, you know, and that antibiotic comes in the body, all it's going to do is go in the cyst and hide. And then they're going to feel great because it's not active and they're thinking, oh, this is working. But you get them off the antibiotics six months later, most people have, you know, a recurrence of some type of symptom because it didn't clear the bacteria. So what's the difference between getting getting it to hide and actually clearing it? Like what... What has to happen there? Is to, that well, you've got to dissolve the cyst. You've got to dissolve the biofilm. So whatever you're using as your antimicrobial agent could actually get to the bacteria and kill it. You know, and again, sometimes in the traditional world, doctors don't use antiparasitics, and so they they actually have not cleared you know, the house that the Lyme bacteria can live in. So mm. they clear something in the blood, but there's more living inside a parasite, and it comes back out and reinfects the body. But they can also hide in scar tissue. They love the joints. Yep. Okay. Worms yep. love synovial fluid. So you can find that in the joint. You can find that in the brain. And that's with MS. MS is a little microscopic worm. There was a doctor, um, Dr. Alan McDonald, uh, years ago, found that MS was a, was a microscopic worm that would get into the brain. And so the last time I mentored with, with Dr. Cowden, you know, he was talking to some of his patients about that. And you actually have to take things to carry it across what we call the blood-brain barrier and actually get into the brain. And if you don't cross that blood-brain barrier and go after those pathogens, people that have neurological symptoms are not going to resolve. What do you think the biggest mistake people are making from a from a, a treatment standpoint as well as like a patient standpoint okay. with Lyme? What's the biggest mistake you, you've seen? Is, well, it, is it the not doing the parasite cleanse? Yeah, well, there's a lot, Ben. There's so many. I had a guy come to me a couple of years ago that had actually been to a very expensive clinic out in Arizona, and I won't name that clinic, but it's like $65,000 to walk in for treatment. <laughs> and they'd missed a lot of things. A lot of practitioners never look in the mouth. And there, you know, if you have amalgam fillings in the mouth, the silver fillings, or if you've had those and you've had them replaced and you didn't go to a biological dentist and get it done correctly, you got a load of mercury toxins released into your body. And you have to chelate that metal out of your body. And that metal is what these pathogens love to feed on. So if you're not chelating metal out, they have a food source. So that's one thing people miss is okay. getting the amalgams out. Another thing they miss is scar tissue. Okay. People yeah. that have a lot of scar tissue. So you have to detox that scar tissue. Um, with this one guy, he had had chronic migraines for years. And it was the lime in his brain. And we, we actually used some antiparasitics. And we used some DMSO with him, which is what Dr. Cowden had taught me to do, to cross that blood-brain barrier and get those products into the brain to kill the, the, the bacteria and also the parasites that were in his brain. And he got relief from his migraines for the first time in many years, and, and he was symptom-free from those migraines. So there are a lot of things that practitioners, and, and it's not, you know, they're just not trained in yeah, what yeah. to look for. So, Yeah. How long are you seeing treatments last, you know, for... So for a Lyme protocol? For, for a typical Lyme patient, is it yeah. like a, is it a six-month process? Well, it's going to be a little more because you start with your parasite cleanse, and that's a four-week process. And then after you do that, um, typically you're also working on um, fungal infections at the same time. And then to start the Lyme protocol, again, you're titrating up to a full dose. 
once you reach that full dose, you're going eight weeks at a full dose. Okay. Okay. And then once we do a cycle, I use Dr. Cowden's protocol, which is cycling some products off and on and changing what you're using because you don't want to use like, you know, you wouldn't want to use the same antibiotic. We don't want to use the same antimicrobial. We don't want to, you know, so we cycle that. So after eight weeks of being at full dose, then we go to another set of antibacterials and we do that for 12 days and then we have them come off for two days and then they switch back to the set one and they do that for 12 days and then they go off for two days and it's a cycle because you're also targeting the life cycle of the pathogen okay so that's very important and that's another thing when traditional medicine it's just six months of antibiotics straight there's no cycle so they can't you know if you've got eggs they're not hatching out okay so you do that cycle for four months so a total of six months on antibacterials and then prior to that four weeks of a paracyclase sometimes there'll be some residual and you'll have to go back and add a little bit more time to it and every patient's different that's fascinating though honestly like that's very um like you said hopeful like that's you know for someone who's you know if, if they've been dealing with this for a long time they've been feeling really bad even for a short time this is a a super uh exciting to me yeah i mean this like the girl i had in my practice last week she said she'd been sick 15 to 20 years yeah you know and just in pain she was in so much pain and all we've done on her so far is the parasite cleanse so you're going to start to feel better oh pretty quickly saw a dramatic improvement yeah and she just mentally emotionally she said i'm not dealing with the depression the anxiety and that's another thing that lyme causes is anxiety sure but the the neurotoxins not not just knowing i have lyme disease oh my goodness i've got a diagnosis but what people don't realize is these bacteria release neurotoxins into the body and that will affect the brain it affects neurotransmitters um so so the anxiety like a lot of people are when they get the lime knocked down it's like oh wow the anxiety goes away yeah yeah so. super fascinating yeah, well dr sammons thank you so much for explaining this i know there's yeah. so much more we want to probably yeah. cover with lime we'll have to do that in another episode hopefully. sure but uh for the people watching who have been dealing with it how can yeah. they find out about you where can where do you want them to go to sure you can go to our website sozo s-o-z-o wellness t-n for tennessee.com you can call our office at 423-543-7606 and go to our facebook site sozo life and wellness we have a lot of video testimonies on there and that's what speaks for itself i mean i can stand here and tell all kinds of things but when you can hear someone give their testimony what they've been through and where they are now that's that's what speaks for itself that's amazing yeah. thank you so much dr sammons for being here again today and we're going to have to get you back on the podcast thank you so much i appreciate the opportunity thank you guys this has been outside the box i'm your host ben rogers as always we'll see you guys next time don't go away Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.